The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. I'm glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. Um, I'm feeling a little rough this morning. I don't, I don't know what it was. Uh... Me and my son went and grabbed a burger late last night, and uh, then my other son came in and brought a Chick-fil-A sandwich. That was probably what did it. That was, I shouldn't have ate that <laughs> late at night. Anyway, glad that you guys have joined us here. Check us out online, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, you're on Red State Talk Radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and you can catch it going right there on the uh, on the right side of the page. You can also catch that live video feed on my Twitter account at FPP Tim, my Periscope account at Setting Brush Fires, Twitch is also Setting Brush Fires, Facebook at Bradley Dean SOL, or YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com right there on the front uh, page. Thank you, Michael Roach, for that. And also DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. And then if you're branching out on other social media outlets, you can check us out at Spreely. Gab, me, we, minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media. If you'd like to call in anytime, look, I, I welcome your call. You, you got something that you want to get off your chest on the topic that we're going to discuss, happy to take your call. Agree or disagree? Um, happy to take your call, okay? 215-867-8255, 215-TOP-TALK, and those phone lines, <clears throat> excuse me, are now open, so you're welcome to call us. All right, so I made mention briefly yesterday, because we had a, a special show, and if you missed that uh, yesterday, you really ought to go back and play it, um, the information that Lynn gave, and then also the, the brief interview we had with uh, Clarence Henderson. That was really that was really something, to, to speak with somebody who has a biblical worldview and also has been through you know what he went through. Uh, in history, and ha- and still has the perspective that he has. It's a biblical one. It's not one of vengeance. It's not one of uh, racism and stuff like this. It, it's, it was a biblical view. And then we spoke briefly after the show as well. And uh, what a gracious God! I'd like to bring him back on. You know, we're we're not having all the stuff that we the technicality problems that we had uh, yesterday. In any case, we didn't speak really about the presidential elections, and. You know, I'm convinced that that really where our solution is is more local. I really am 
that. But we have people from all over the world who listen to the show, and occasionally we'll do some local stuff. But in large measure, most people would would say, okay, well, that's in your state. It doesn't apply to me here and this, that, and the other. And I get that. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But we listened to the presidential debate the other night, and I, I call it a debacle. It was... It, it, let me let me see if I can put it to you like this. It's kind of like these two guys. You're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. No, I'm not. You are. No way. Knock it off. Cut it out. Oh, shut, shut up, up. Why don't you make me? Why don't you make me? Because I don't make monkeys. I just train them. Th- that's kind of that's what it reminded me of the other night. Because neither man, whether it was Donald Trump or whether it was Joe Biden, could keep their pie holes shut and let the other guy say what he's going to say. Most of the time, both of them were lying about whatever they were doing. Um, sometimes they were telling the truth. <laughs> okay. Um, and we're going to touch on some of the issues of the COVID spending in the second part of the show. But this is what I felt like I was watching. This is what I this is what I felt like I was watching. I felt like I was, you know, two adult adolescents on stage vying for the biggest office in the country. Some say the world. I don't know what that has to do with anything, seeing that you know, our Constitution really deals with these people serving us, not necessarily the world, okay? And, <clears throat> again, it, this is what I felt. And many people thought that as well. The The sad part is, is that you get the conservative side, so, oh, Donald Trump just mopped the floor with Joe Biden. And then you get the liberal side who said, this is the worst presidential debate that we've ever had, but it's all on Donald Trump. And I'm like... Both of these guys are talking over each other. They won't let each other have their two minutes or any of this. It was the most ridiculous thing I waited through. And it took me pretty much all day because I caught it in bits uh, because of my work and other things that I was having to do. But if you don't believe me, if you haven't seen it, let me give you a little taste of uh, just this is the this is the introduction. This is the first part of it. Let me give you a little taste of this as to what went on. This is um, from the PBS NewsHour. A lot of people have been waiting for this night, so let's get going. Our first subject is the Supreme Court. President Trump, you nominated Amy Coney Barrett over the weekend to succeed the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the court. You say the Constitution is clear about your obligation and the Senate's to consider a nominee to the court. Vice President Biden, you say that this is an effort by the president and Republicans to jam through an appointment and what you call an abuse of power. My first question to both of you tonight, why are you right in the argument you make and your opponent wrong? And where do you think a Justice Barrett would take the court? President Trump, in this first segment, you go first, two minutes. Thank you very much, Chris. I will tell you very simply, we won the election. Elections have consequences. We have the Senate. We have the White House. And we have a phenomenal nominee, respected by all, top, top academic, uh, good in every way, good in every way. In fact, uh, some of her biggest endorsers are very liberal people. 
from Notre Dame and other places. So I think she's going to be fantastic. We have plenty of time. Uh, even if we did it after the election itself. I have a lot of time after the election, as you know. So I think that uh, she will be outstanding. She's going to be uh, as good as anybody that has served on that court. We really feel that. Uh, we have a professor at Notre Dame, highly respected by all, said she's the single greatest student he's ever had. He's been a professor for a long time at a great school. And uh, we just uh, we won the election, and therefore we have the right to choose her. And very few people knowingly would say otherwise. And by the way, the Democrats, they wouldn't even think about not doing it. If they had, the only difference is to try and do it faster. There's no way they would give it up. They had Merritt Garland, but the problem is they didn't have the election. So they were stopped. And probably that would happen in reverse also. Definitely would happen in reverse. So we won the election and we have the right to do it, Chris. President Trump, thank you. Um, same question to you, Vice President Biden. You have two minutes. Well, first of all, um, thank you for doing this and looking thank forward you. to this, Mr. President. Thank you, Joe. I, uh, the American people have a right to have a say in who the Supreme Court nominee is. And that say occurs when they vote for a United States senators and when they vote for the president of the United States. They're not going to get that chance now because we're in the middle of an election already. The election has already started. Tens of thousands of people have already voted. And so the thing that should happen is we should wait. We should wait and see what the outcome of this election is, because that's the only way the American people get to express their view is by who they elect as president and who they elect as vice president. Now, what's at stake here is the president's made it clear he wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. He's been running on that. He ran on that. And he's been governing on that. He's in the Supreme Court right now trying to get rid of uh, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act which uh, will strip 20 million people from having insurance, health insurance now, if it, if they, if it goes into court. And, and uh, the justice, and I have nothing, I'm not opposed to the justice. She seems like a very fine person. But she's written before she went on the bench, which is her right, that she thinks that the Affordable Care Act is not constitutional. The other thing that's on the court, and if, if, if it's struck down, what happens? Women's rights are fundamentally changed. Once again, a woman could be held, pay more money because she has a pre-existing condition of pregnancy. We were able to, they were able to charge a woman more for the same exact procedure a man did, gets. And that ended when we, in fact, passed the Affordable Care Act. And there's 100 million people who have pre-existing conditions, and they'll be taken away as well. Those pre-existing conditions, the insurance companies are going to love this. And so it's just not appropriate to do this before this election. If he wins the election and the Senate is Democrat or Republican, then he goes forward. If not, we should wait until February. All right. There aren't a hundred. Okay. All right. So this is the only time during the debate that I know where it was, okay, the one guy got to say his thing. The other guy got to say his. After that, it was the Pee Wee Herman thing. Okay. And uh, Brian, I don't, I don't know what's going on that you're hearing an echo. If anybody else is chime in on the, on the clips, I, there was an update to the streamer this morning uh, before we went on, and uh, some of the layout's different. It's obviously messed with my stream deck, but uh, we'll, we'll get by that with that. Um, but if you've got some kind of, if any of you guys are hearing that, just chime in in the chat so I can hear that, or so I can see that. Here's what Donald Trump should have said, okay, uh, about the nomination. This is Article 2, Section 2. This is what he should have said. This is about the president. He shall have power by... And with the advice and consent of the Senate, 
to make treaties, provide two-thirds of the senators present uh, concur, and he shall nominate and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers and councils, judges of the Supreme Court, and all other officers of the United States whose appointments are not herein otherwise provided for. And then it goes on from there. That's what he should have said. Hey, I get to do it because I'm the president and this is what it is. It's not, you know, all this other stuff that go that went on. He didn't cite the Constitution one time because I don't even think he knows what that says there. I think he knows he has that power. But uh, he cite and here here goes another thing. This isn't for just for Donald Trump. This is for every president. You notice when they write an executive order, they say by the authority invested in me and by the U.S. Constitution, but they never cite it. Okay, all right. Thank you for that. I appreciate that that um, that feedback, guys. Appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> they never cite it. They never cite the authority they have in the Constitution to do what they're doing. They just say it like, oh, you guys know that we have this. Well, maybe you do and maybe you don't. And so I, I don't I don't know what's going on there. Um Okay. Thank you for the thank you for the feedback, guys. I appreciate that. Okay. So after this, and since we got the feedback and the echo, and I don't know what's causing that, I really don't. Again, we had an update here to the streaming service. I'm not going to play any more of this because after this, it was all downhill. I mean, it was like, uh, I don't know, one of those bar fights or it was a dumb and dumber scene or something between these two guys. It was very embarrassing. I, I, I got to tell you, it was very embarrassing to watch both of these guys do what they were doing um, and behaving the way they were behaving. And yet... We had over and over, we had the, the issue of the COVID that came out on there. And uh, we already know that, you know, Donald Trump, honestly, you know, he's the one in charge. Uh, Joe Biden wasn't in charge. And so Joe Biden can uh, say what he wants to say. And of course, you know, commentators like me, can we can say what we want to say. Okay. Um, we can play the armchair quarterback because we're not in that position. I get it. I get the whole thing, people. I really do. But the fact of the matter is Donald Trump made the decisions he made uh, with whatever information he had. And again, I have said before, I'm not expecting Donald Trump to be a doctor or a scientist. He's the president. He's, he's not a doctor or a scientist. So when we get to this kind of stuff, he made a decision. And given probably his knowledge of whatever it was uh, concerning what we've been told is COVID, he decided to halt flights from China coming into the United States. That's fine. Um, from my perspective, being where he was, I probably would have said, yeah, we'll halt that. Giving guidelines for other things to the states, which states picked up and ran with, by the way, declaring a national state of emergency, that's not in the Constitution. That's really not in it. You say, well, what about the flight thing? Is that in the Constitution? Well, you might could take that as part of a defense measure. Um, you probably could You probably could extrapolate that out. You probably could do that. But the other things that, that came with the guidelines, uh, the social distancing, all this kind of stuff that they're putting out, uh, masks, which, again, states have picked up and they've run with because he's done it, and the national state of emergency, that's not in, that's not in, in the Constitution. It's just not there. 
the things that followed that de- declaration. Of, in fact, no state had declared a state of emergency until Donald Trump declared it a national state of emergency. And then with that, you had the usurpation of using the army to go and build uh, hospitals and private, or they're public establishments, but they're they're owned by other people. Okay. <clears throat> so you have those kinds of things there. Um, you have some of the arguments here about the money spent. Now there is a uh, there was an article that we're going to deal with in just a little bit that we put out where there are several groups, some of them liberal, some of them, I think, conservatively, conservative, I'm not sure, uh, who had called out the spending by the Pentagon of the COVID stimulus money. Now, we're, we're just going to, you know, I'm just going to challenge the whole thing of the stimulus anyway. I see nowhere in the Constitution Congress has the authority to spend the people's money and give it to banks, big businesses, corporations, or even to other Americans. In stimulus checks of twelve hundred dollars, I, I just I don't see where they have that authority. Now, if you think they do, you can call in two one five top talk two one five eight six seven eight two five five. You can correct me, but please bring article section and clause as to how that how that works. Okay, so these guys are arguing over all these things. We got into an issue where between Biden and Trump, uh, this issue of racism which I think is ridiculous. Um, And I've said this on the air too, that there may be small, and I said this to Mr. Henderson yesterday, and he agreed with me. I mean, he's a guy who supports Donald Trump. So even he said, yeah, there might be a small, he agreed with me that there might be a small number of like police officers or people in public office or whatever that do what they do based on racism. Some of them are going to do it because they actually think they're superior because they have light skin and the other guy has darker skin. I mean, let's be, let's be honest here. <clears throat> there is no person that is this color. There's no person that's black. Okay? The same respect, I'm not that color. That's white. Okay? I'm not that color. Neither are you. We're different shades of the same color. That's what we are. And I know some woman out there, I think from the UK, (laughs) doesn't agree with me and doesn't agree with the Bible when it says that God formed the nations and he made all nations from one blood or from one man. Okay, set their boundaries and their habitations. Acts 17, 26. She doesn't agree with that. Apparently she doesn't agree that all men came from Adam, but we did. And we all have different shades of the same skin. And we all have different facets of the DNA that God put within that one man that has come out within the human race. So the only people who are racist are the people who point their finger and scream racist. Okay? And they do that because their foundation is evolution. It is not the Bible. Because the Bible knows of one race, and I loved it when Mr. Henderson said that yesterday because that's what I've said often. There's one race, and it's the human one. There's different ethnicities, there are different cultures, no question about that. But among the people, they're all made in the image of God, every one of them. Whether you like them or whether you don't, and you're commanded to love them, by the way. And so this got into part of the debate, and it went back to Charlottesville in Virginia, 
and what happened. And Trump's words, oh, there's good people on both sides of the thing. He didn't mean there are good people <laughs> in a racist camp. That's not what he meant at all. I can even distinguish that. Okay? So for all you guys that say I hate Trump, see, I'm, I'm giving some defense here to some of the things that he was doing and some of the things that he said. But the fact of the matter is, this is what Biden brought up. This is what Biden brought up. The issue of race. Well, actually, he didn't bring it up. Chris Wallace brought it up. He brought in the issue of race. Now, again, if you go and watch this debate, and I'm not going to play it again because the guys were saying there's an echo. And guys, I don't know why that is, so I'm going to have to see what's going on there. No idea what's going on because I didn't change any settings. There was just an update to the streaming service. But one of the things that people were saying yesterday morning when I got up and I just kind of did a brief thing where I saw stuff in the news feed. They were saying this is more like a debate between Chris Wallace and Donald Trump. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. To be honest, and again, I know where Chris Wallace comes from. I get it. Okay. But the fact of the matter is he just couldn't keep Donald Trump quiet. It's supposed to be a debate. It's not a debate. It's a sign. It's a place where you get sound bites. And this is why when you go there to YouTube and you go presidential debate 2020 highlights, you get sound bites. That's what that's, that's really what this is for. Okay. So time and time again, he's, he's asking him, Mr. President, can you just be quiet and let him have his time? And he, okay. And then Joe Biden would start to talk and it would ruin his mouth. And then when Donald Trump got it, Joe Biden started on him too. And I'm telling you, Donald Trump did it a whole lot more of the interruptions than, than Joe Biden did, but both of them were doing it. And again, it was like the Pee Wee Herman thing. <laughs> it was like two five-year-olds fighting on the playground. It wasn't like two men, two mature men, who can sit there and listen to what was said by the one and then respond. It wasn't any of that. And I think the American people are the ones who... <laughs> hey, I appreciate that, Jennifer. Um, the I, I think the American people are the ones who who lose out in this. They're the ones who lose out because <clears throat> then we get into the stuff about wires. Okay, look, I went back, I looked at it real carefully. I told Bradley the other day, and I even put on my Facebook, I said, here's Joe Biden's rosary versus what they were showing. And I, I thought about it long and hard, and I said, you know what? It is possible. It's possible that that's that little medallion that's on his rosary there. That is possible. And the other one where it shows like two things, somebody has them circled. One could be his actually his watch. And you see, I, I put other pictures up. He, he has his watch right there with his rosary. That is possible, okay? And the thing that looks like the wire, I also noticed on the other side, on the left side, uh, up near his collar, as the, as the camera's moving there, you can almost see the same thing on the other side, but it looks bigger, like, uh, like there's a crease in his shirt. I, I don't care about that. Big deal. Here's the real issue. You've got two men vying for the biggest office in the land who can't keep their trap shut for two minutes while the other guy speaks. That's what you've got. And this is the best that you have to offer America for the White House? You, you see, this is what I'm getting at. This is what I'm getting at. 
people, you know, fussing over something that could or could not be versus what's going on right in front of them. And all the while, the American people are the ones who are losing, not these two guys. Joe Biden talks about the millionaires and all their money and they're making this, that, and the other. And then you you remember, he, they've turned out over their tax returns. And what are we seeing from those guys? They're not charitable at all. They're charitable with your money when they're in government. They're not charitable with their own money. And they're all for keeping the rich rich. You know what? If you have a lot of money, you ought to thank God that you have a lot of money. And you ought to use that money to help others, not by force, not by government force, but because you're commanded by your creator to do so. And if you don't have a lot of money, you ought to thank God that you don't have a lot of money. You have your creator to thank for whatever place you are in your life, whether a little or a lot. I remember the Apostle Paul, he says, you know, I've been naked and destitute. I've been beaten. I've been at sea. I've been all of these things persecuted. I've had a little, I've had a lot. And he recognized that all of that came from God. He was thankful to God for that. So this pitting rich against poor. And by the way, I think there is a problem when you start to open that gulf up the way it's been done and you don't have a middle class. Oftentimes, in the societies, what happens is when you do that, those who, I mean, this goes to the depravity of man, and this is why we talk about elitists. We had this uh, story out yesterday on one of the Facebook top-level executives coming out and saying 150 men rule the world. And he began to explain that. You can check that out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can watch the video. It's got a little bit of language in it, but... This is what the guy is saying. Now, how are they doing that? Because they have a lot of money. And the Bible warns us about filthy lucre, doesn't it? As a matter of fact, it talks about elders and deacons not being those who are prone towards that. They're not easily bribed. And yet in the world, this is a lot of what happens. The bribery, the lobbying. In fact, our Constitution talks about that you know, you're in big trouble, if you, or you're supposed to be in big trouble, if you're to be bribed. Okay. You're supposed to be in big trouble for that. Now, they did make mention of <clears throat> some of the spending and things like that. There is an article we had out yesterday. And uh, this came from uh, Jessica Corbett and look, um you know, the site is what you might call more liberal, but the points are there. Okay, the, the coverage is there. That's all I want people to be able to see. I want people to see what's being put out here. Now, and you'll recognize some of the, the groups and things like this that as we go along that are deemed more liberal. No, no question about it. Doesn't mean all of their message is wrong. It means that, for the most part, um, they're to one side of the law rather than on the law. Okay, just like the right does. The right does it too, okay? They go on that side too. So this is, um, do this from uh, Jessica Corbett. Here's what she had to say. The group's call came in a letter. These are 40 organizations that have teamed together in a letter addressed to Representatives James Clyburn, 
Democrat of South Carolina, Steve Scalise, a Republican from Louisiana, leaders of the House Select Subcommittee on Coronavirus Crisis. It's just, it continues to amaze me, um, these kinds of things. We have a subcommittee on coronavirus crisis. It's a crisis. And the lies about the numbers in that the other night are just incredible. I, I don't know why people don't straighten that out. Anyway, the push for a probe was prompted by Washington Post reporting that some tax dollars directed to the Defense Department in March for build up, building up U.S. supplies of medical equipment have, quote-unquote, instead been mostly funneled to defense contractors and used to make things such as jet engine parts, body armor, and dress uniforms. Yes, that sounds like medical equipment to me, doesn't it to you? Um, in addition to a probe, the National Taxpayers Union, the Project on Government Oversight, Win Without War, and 37 other groups urged Clyburn and Scalise to determine whether Congress should pass a bill suspending the Pentagon's spending authority for the funds, arguing that the department's decision-making, quote, violates congressional intent at minimum and represents a significant breach of trust with the taxpayers who fund the military's budget and its emergency spending. And then we have uh, several statements from, uh, this is uh, Win Without War. Uh, you've got, that's tied in there with um, Code Pink. The United States continued to lead the world in COVID-19 cases and deaths Friday afternoon. You know, again, and look at this number, 233,000 deaths nationwide. How, I, again, I got to ask you people, how do you even trust those numbers? How do you trust them? In fact, they're still quoting the John Hopkins University's Global Tracker. These are the same liars that put the model together that said 15 million people are going to die from COVID. And then when the reports came out that they that they that their model predicted this, they go, no, 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 we never predicted that. We didn't use that word. <laughs> These are the same people they're still going to for this. The same people who are padding COVID numbers when you died of cancer, when you died of a motorcycle wreck, when you, I don't know, got impaled, when you fell off a building and you dropped yourself on a light post or something. I, whatever the case may be, you were COVID. That's where those numbers are coming from. A CDC rolled them back big time. And I don't even know that we can trust those because of what we said all along. And that is nobody followed the scientific route to isolate what they call COVID-19. Nobody. Dr. Kevin Corbett, he's going to be on with uh, Kate Shimrani Saturday if we don't have any problems with Zoom. I'm working on getting that corrected uh, last night and today. Has has put it to Boris Johnson in the UK and the NHS over there. Can you show us this thing actually exists besides just saying, oh, it's this and people are dying of it. And that's all you can offer us. You can offer us no proof that it actually exists. Why? Because they haven't done what they're supposed to do. So here's the thing. Here's what we're told in this report. And this is uh, what the letter that was presented to um, this subcommittee states. As the letter highlights, the Post reported that the Defense Department, which is run by former Raytheon lobbyist Mark Esper, gave at least $183 million to contractors, quote, to maintain the shipbuilding industry. 
and $80 million to a, to end quote, aircraft parts business suffering from the Boeing 737 MAX grounding, end quote. What does that have to do with the COVID? Nothing. It's like, it's like the bailouts of the banks and the other big businesses that were on your backs, America, is on your backs. Additionally, the Pentagon gave $25 million to a firm that also, quote, received between $5 million and $10 million, end quote, from the Paycheck Protection Program. $3 million to a firm that also received between $150,000 and $350,000 from the PPP, and $2 million for a domestic manufacturer of army dress uniform fabric. Well, we love our we love our military, Tim. And you don't like our military. You don't you don't want to, you don't want to defend America. Well, that's not what this is about. This is about what it was appropriated for. And this gets back to issues. I know everybody's happy about what Donald Trump tells you about the wall, but again, the law is supposed to be when Congress sets aside money for something, it's supposed to be spent on that. Donald Trump revert, diverted that money rebuilding wall that was bad okay not new wall he did that by not following what our constitution lays out to do under the guise of a state of emergency okay under the guise of a state of emergency now according to this report again chief pentagon spokesman jonathan hoffman issued a lengthy statement Wednesday defending the spending and criticizing the post piece. He said in part, quote, as indicated by recent reporting, there appears to be a misunderstanding by some about what the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, CARES Act, did and did not do with respect to the Department of Defense. Well, I can tell you what it, what, what it did do. It ran roughshod all the way over the U.S. Constitution. I can tell you that. Hoffman added that the department had been wholly transparent in its decision about the relief funds and claimed that much of the useful context it provided to the newspaper was, quote-unquote, left out of the story leading some to misconstrue the expenditures when, in fact, they are wholly appropriate as directed by Congress. Here's Tara Kopp in a tweet that said, DOD issued statements on stories before, but this is a, a different level on Washington Post story of CARE Act's CARES Act funds for defense base. Washington Post story was accurate, but created sense. Something was hidden when DOD and media and Congress had it in full view. Well, wait a minute. Either it was accurate or it's not accurate. Which one is it? So here we are. And you can go down. You can see this at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com if you want to take a look at that. Let's take a look at a couple of other things, okay? Okay, this is not Washington Post. This is New York Post. Okay? And this was back in March. Okay? $2 trillion coronavirus bailout. Now, we know this thing went up to 6.6 or something like that trillion. Depending on how much money was spent. And we also know Wall Street got a big bailout. You know, this is something I'm I'm hoping that uh, Victor can come on so we can talk about the Trump economy. Because they talked about that last night as well. And that is problematic. You know what? If you have a booming economy, you don't engage in quantitative easing. If you engage in quantitative easing, that means you're propping something up. This administration has done it just like previous ones. Okay? 
If you have a booming economy, you shouldn't be spending yourself into debt long before the COVID thing. This administration had already went like $5 trillion more in debt under Donald Trump. But here's what we're told in the Post story. Trump said, This will deliver urgently needed relief to our nation's families, workers, and businesses. And that's what this is all about. Yep, but the Constitution isn't about that, Mr. President. Again, I challenge anybody. Article, section, and clause. Call in, 215-TALK-TALK, 215-867-825. Listen, we'll have a conversation. But you won't find this in the U.S. Constitution where you're taking money from some people and giving it to somebody else, especially banks, airlines, any of this other stuff. Big businesses. So we've got the individual. Americans got up to $1,200 per adult, making up to $75,000 a year, and $2,400 to a married couple, making up to $150,000, with $500 payments for each child 16 or under. And then that payment decreased for single people earning $99,000, which is kind of interesting because they're, if I'm not mistaken, they go in a different tax bracket, so they're paying a higher tax. Or married people with no children who earn 198000 Then you got the student loan. Automatic payments for any student loan held by the federal government suspended until September 30th. I'll bet they're still tacking on their interest there, though. I don't know about that, but I'll bet they're doing that. That's just how government does their stuff. Unemployment. This was the big one. This was the really big one. Okay? Just so you understand. A lot of people went on the unemployment rolls again. They got their regular unemployment, and then the bill also added another $600 a week to those payments to encourage people to stay home and not immediately start looking for work. Now, the New York Post is not necessarily the bastion of liberalism. Okay, They're fairly conservative on a lot of their reporting here. And... (laughs) <laughs> 600 bucks in addition to what you get 60% or something like that of your salary I don't even know when you go on unemployment and by the way your employer pays for that your employer pays for that I know because I used to be one they're required by law to pay into the unemployment for you okay then there's banks Banks that do loan modifications for individuals and businesses during the crisis would not immediately have to mark their losses on balance sheets. Smaller banks with less than $10 billion in assets would get a temporary reduction in how much capital they need on hand to meet regulators' requirements from 9 to 8%. Let's look at some of the other industries. An inspector general would oversee $500 billion in loans that the Treasury Department would distribute to industries affected by the pandemic. And a new five-person congressional committee, see, again, it's always more big government, would conduct oversight of the federal government's spending on the COVID-19 response. Both oversight provisions were added to the Senate bill after Democrats demanded them. And, I might add, Donald Trump signed them. This is both sides. This is what I've been telling you all along. You can say, see, see, it's the Democrats. Okay, yeah, but the president signed it. Well, he's got to do a deal. He's got to compromise. Not on the Constitution he's not supposed to. 
He's supposed to uphold that. If we're talking about the color of the carpet in the in the Oval Office, fine, knock yourself out. You can compromise on that all. You can put rainbow carpet in there. I don't care. You can put blue, black, brown, green, whatever. The fact of the matter is, when it comes to the Constitution, you're supposed to uphold that. That's your oath. And none of this is constitutional. None of it. $25 billion in direct grants and up to another $25 billion in loans or loan guarantees to passenger airlines. Cargo airlines like FedEx would get $4 billion in grants and up to $4 billion in loans, and airline industry contractors could get $3 billion in grants. Certain airplane manufacturers could be in line for up to $17 billion in loans. Where's that money coming from? Oh, it's coming from the federal government, Tim, don't you know? That's about as stupid as the woman they interviewed in the supermarket. I think she was up in New York. And they said, do you know where those potatoes come from? And she goes, well, they come from the supermarket. I guess a truck brings them in, and they're the supermarket. No idea that some farmer somewhere is cutting the eyes off the potatoes, probably having his kid go along with them, and they're planting them in the ground. And then they come back months later, and they harvest them. And then they sell them off. No idea of what goes on. That money comes from you. First, it's printed as monopoly money, and banks make a killing on that with their huge interest rates, the banksters, the the central bankers. And then they stick it to you, America. And your politicians who are owned by these guys, don't worry about it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We're, We're looking after America, America first. That's what we're doing. Most, if not all, of this, uh, this airplane manufacturing was targeted to Boeing. Again, you remember Boeing had that huge uh, deal with their, their big plane. The auto industry can tap into $1 billion funding through the Defense Department. The Defense Department to invest in manufacturing to increase production of medical protective gear. The car companies can make masks and ventilators to protect healthcare workers and treat patients. Businesses controlled by President Trump and his family, including son-in-law Jared Kushner, would be banned from receiving loans or investments from programs in the bill. The rule would also apply to Vice President Mike Pence, Congress, and heads of federal departments, including their children, spouses, and in-laws. But doesn't say anything about those they might invest in. Just controlled. Okay? Just, I'm just making that point. Okay? Just making that point. Because we had a lot of people uh, from Congress, I believe Diane Feinstein was one of them, who put a lot of stock into Amazon right before all that stuff went on. Remember that? We had several people in Congress that that was going on. Small businesses, $370 billion for the Small Business Administration to help small businesses keep paying workers. Bank, banks are the primary conduit for these loans. The bill would make SBA loans available to small businesses to help them cover expenses like payroll, rent, mortgages, and utilities. Is that the, is that the job of government? I'm sorry. Is it? I don't recall that being in the Constitution. Retail workers. Retailers could be able to tap into $450 billion in loans to companies that were hurt by coronavirus. Companies who retain their workers would be able to get a tax break as well. Other, $400 million for states to prepare for the 2020 election. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, that's what this is the stimulus, you know, the COVID, the COVID boogeyman, 400 million to the states to prepare for elections, 25 million to the John F. Kennedy Center. Of course, we covered this for the performing arts of which people like Michelle Obama, Melania Trump and other people, Hillary Clinton and stuff were on their, their board. This is where this is going to. I'm sorry. Were the American people supposed to keep up with the John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts? Were we supposed to fund that? I again, I don't see it in the Constitution. I really don't. I don't. I don't see it there. Now there are other things, and I'm probably not going to have time to get to all of these. Um. We've got uh, Time Magazine. I've got several reports here. Time, Politico, again, the New York Post. Uh, we've got uh, Pointner here. And it's kind of, it's kind of. where does the government get $2 trillion from a coronavirus? It's almost like a bad joke, isn't it? This is the title of their of their uh, piece here. Where does the government get $2 trillion for a coronavirus bailout? You're almost waiting for the punchline. Well, I can tell you where they get it. They just print it out of thin air and they say, hey, America, you owe this amount of money. Plus interest, by the way. You owe this plus plus interest. Okay. And they make it sound legitimate. Never point to the Constitution. Never point to it. But here's what's going on. Um, Here's a piece from Reuters. Main Street bailout rewards... U.S. restaurant chains, firms in rural states. You say, well, Tim, you're quoting the fake news. Well, you know what? I agree that sometimes they put out fake news. There's no question about that. But all this stuff is right there in the documentation. It's right there in black and white in the bills. U.S. government pledged $350 billion to Main Street businesses across America desperate for cash after coronavirus lockdowns. Well, the obvious thing that should be acknowledged here is who created the need these businesses, banks, airlines, industries, individuals like you and me, who created the problem that these individuals and these companies and banks and all this other were facing? Who created that? Huh? Did the individuals, the businesses, the banks... Well, except for some, were they the create the airline? Were they the creators of the problem here? Were they the ones locking everybody down, telling everybody to social distance, putting the mask on? You can't go here. You can't go there. Don't go outside. You know, whatever the case may be, stay at home. Were they the ones doing that? I don't recall them getting on TV. I don't recall them signing legislation or imposing uh, unlawful orders to do that. I don't, I don't recall those guys doing it. Who did it? Governments did that. State governments, local governments. The guidelines that came down from the federal level, those were the guys doing it. And again, I tell you, folks, none of the states had declared a state of emergency until Donald Trump declared a national state of emergency. And I recall some of these Q people saying, oh, see, Trump got him right there because now he can just do what he wants. And I, I just go, what? And I told you about the, the thing that I got from the, the one guy who was fairly conservative 
I don't even know what that term means anymore. Nobody conserves anything. If you're not holding fast to the Bible and the Constitution, you aren't conserving squat. You just aren't. But here we have this money going out. And again, I ask you, the American people, where in the Constitution is any of this, a dime of it, authorized? You do your own homework. You can call me names. You can say I'm an idiot and a moron and a liar and whatever you want to do. But the fact of the matter is, why don't you just say article such and such, section this, clause this, states this. Therefore, our founders said this right here. This is what they meant by that. So this is legitimate. But nobody does that. Here's what we get today. Well, if Obama could do it, as though that justifies it, as though he's the standard in all of this. He's not. Well, I think it was a good idea. So what? You're not the law. You're not the standard either. Neither am I. Again, we go back to the law. And this is where a unity should be around rather than a political party, right? I mean, that's where it should be. Now, we've got another thing here. This comes from Politico. And again, look, I've heard the arguments about uh, farmers getting money and this, that, and the other, and all these things that happen with farmers. I get it. I do. But here was the bailout, bailout this year for the farmers. Massive payouts to farmers will be hard to pull back. The president was already spending double his predecessor to spare farmers the cost of his trade war. Now the price is reaching unsustainable levels. This was this was like uh, what was this was June of this year, no, excuse me, July of this year. So just a couple of months ago, this piece came out, and we were warning about the bailouts too. Now to be fair here, let me let me just make this point. Farming families have been extorted by the federal government for a long time. That needs to be dealt with. When the patriarch of the family dies, there's a huge tax. I think it's, I want to say it's upwards of 50%. Somebody could correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not stating that as that. But the fact that you have a death tax, that you can't leave this planet and leave your kids an inheritance without the government trying to get their greedies in on what you left for your kids is just one of the most despicable things in the world. It really is. And the Bible tells us that we should leave an inheritance to our children. That's a good thing. But here's, this is part of Marxism. This is what I'm telling you. Marxism wants to go after that inheritance. It wants to destroy the family. It wants to take over private land. Go read the Communist Manifesto. It's right there. This is not hard to understand. And so when I hear stuff like, America will never be a socialist country. And you saw Donald Trump the other night. I should have brought up the clip because this goes back to the, the debate. And Donald Trump goes, well, Joe, you would want to impose socialized medicine. And you can go back and you can find it. But you can hear Donald Trump with his own mouth when running for president. He's asked, would you be for universal health care? And he goes, yes, Canada has a great system. That's socialized medicine, folks. That's socialized medicine. What Paul Ryan and his lappies over there when Donald Trump got in office, 
And they told you this. They told you this when Romney and Ryan were running four years prior. We want to repeal Obamacare, but we want to replace it with our own socialized medicine. See, that's the problem. They want their brand on it. It is not about following the Constitution, which doesn't give the federal government any authority to be doing squat with health care unless it makes it regular and not, I'm not talking about regulating it with a whole bunch of stuff they want to put in, but making it regular across state lines if people need to have that in some form or another. But it is not about them controlling health care. They have no business in that. My goodness, who would want the federal government controlling health care? Seriously. These guys can't even control what, the limited things that we gave them in the Constitution. They can't even control themselves with that. Why do you want them controlling your health care? By the way, they're setting you up with the whole COVID tracking thing, and that comes straight out of Donald Trump's administration. Jared Kushner was charged with doing that, the track and trace thing with the COVID. All of that's in there too. And all of this money that was spent in this is on your back and my back and our children's backs. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, I get it. I've read in the Fed... I know exactly what the issue is with the Federal Reserve and how we could basically kill it off. And I think uh, Ron Paul even determined we owe about a little over a trillion dollars. This was back in 2012. Maybe a trillion dollars, a little over that with, with the Federal Reserve and the rest of it is just air. But nobody's doing anything about it. And that's the issue. And so this debt keeps going on. Interest keeps being paid on phony baloney money. Monopoly money. It keeps being paid every year. And every year, the federal government has to borrow money in order to take care of its expenses, despite the massive taxes that were taken in, during the Obama time and even the taxes that are taken here during the Trump period. The point is, is this. Our government continually usurps the Constitution, telling us it's for our good, when, when you break it down, it's not really for our good. Why? Because they're lawless. When you're acting lawless, there's no way you're acting in the best interest of the people. Just no way you're doing it. Guys, thank you for joining me today. Appreciate you as always. And um, 23 hours, we'll be back with you. I was trying to get Kevin Ship on. I haven't been able to hear, hear back from him. I want to talk about the Q stuff. So we'll see if that happens tomorrow or not. Anyway, in any case, 23 hours, we'll see ya.